like right now, we are all like the pioneers, you know, we're the ones that are laying the groundwork to make it easier for people down the road that this might happen to. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I'm your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 39, and today I'm talking to Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi. We were already getting into it, so I decided yeah. we should probably start recording. Yeah. So um, thank you again for doing this today. I really appreciate it. I, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity. I, it's, um, you know, it really in my heart that I want to be able to help other people who are maybe going through what I have been going through or have went through. I just wanted to finish asking you, you know, we were talking, we were just talking before about uh, how I felt you were probably one of the earlier NPEs, because I think I even saw 2016 in your email, right? And uh-huh, you, is that right. when you started this this whole process? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and before I jump ahead, why don't you let us know what your original family was like? Okay. Um, I grew up my whole entire life believing that... My grandfather came from Switzerland. My grandmother came from Germany. My other grandmother came from Canada. And then I had a distant grandfather that we were told that he came from Kansas. So he's the only one that was from the United States. And But we weren't really close to them. So, you know, I just, we were like a family that was all by ourselves, um, because what we knew was just our immediate family. And so I grew up in a small town, and the small town itself was my family, and it, it's my family today. My grandfather came from Switzerland, he met my grandmother who came down from Canada, they met in Montana, and had my mother, and um, my mom basically was like on her own a lot throughout her childhood. Um, my grandfather was a really bad alcoholic. They were really, really poor. Um, my grandmother had lost a couple of kids and so she had checked out and just really wasn't a, a parent to my mother. So my mother was, you know, just relied on her friends to, you know, to um, basically just um, keep her intact, I guess. It sounds like your mother didn't really have a lot in the way of a parenting example. Correct. Okay. Right. Well, just for an example, um, my grandparents were moving from... Montana to um, Bremerton, Washington, when my mom was only 13 years old. My mom was told that she needed to be home at a certain time and because she wanted to see her friends and because of her immaturity and, you know, being only 13, she arrived home late and the house was empty the bus ticket was on the table and my mom had to ride the bus all the way from Bozeman, Montana to Seattle all by herself and then figure out a way how to get from Seattle to Bremerton, which is across the water from Seattle. And oh, wow. so that just goes to show how 
my grandmother was not a very good um, motherly type of a person. No. <laughs> well, and then, you know, when I started doing my DNA um, research and doing the um, genealogy, looking at records, all I knew about my grandmother was, you know, what we knew you know, when she would come to visit or she lived in the area for a period of time. And um, we did, just really didn't know very much at all about our family. And my mom was only 17 years old. She was dating uh, my dad, who uh, my birth certificate dad. Um, and she, by for some reason, my grandmother uh, decided she wanted to kick my mother out. And then, so then what she did is my mom felt that she had no other choice and she ended up, um, basically marrying my, um, birth certificate dad at 17 years old. Hmm. And years ago when, um, I was an adult and I, I asked my mom, I said, why is it that you married him? because they ended up being getting divorced when I was only six months old. Mm -hmm. And I just said, why is it that you married him? And he, she said, I didn't think I had a choice. Yeah. She didn't have, you know, she didn't have a home to even go to. So she married him. And it turns out that he was just, a, you know, just a, a difficult person. Before I was born, my mom had three other children. My, um, she had my oldest sister when she was 18. And then, um, she had her, uh, my next sister, a uh, couple years later, two years later. And then a few years after that was when my, uh, brother was born. And then I was born, uh, two years after my bro my brother. And so my family was quite dysfunctional. My mother was trying desperately to get away from my birth certificate father for years, you know, that he um, basically kept her, you know, at home all the time. And um, so... Basically, when she did get loose, basically, when she would uh, started going out with her friends, um, we lived in a uh, in Bremerton, Washington, where the naval um, base is. And so there was a lot of Navy people around. Okay. My uh, birth certificate father was in the Navy. And then... Um, Turns out that my mother um, got together with my stepfather, and he was in the Navy, too. But she didn't get with him until after I was already born. Okay. So it's taken me all this time, you know, this three and a half years to kind of, like, piece things together and try to figure things out. and. It was only just recently, at first when I found out that I um, had a different father, I honestly believed that my mother didn't know. And it's so funny how the things that we tell ourselves um, and believe, um, but as I as time has gone by, I now understand that that's why probably my birth certificate dad and my mother divorced in the first place. But, you know, when you're growing up and you believe that your dad is your dad, I have an older sister that I look a, a lot like. And growing up in the small town that I grew up in, um, people would see me and they would call me by my sister's name because I look so much like my sister. So there was no reason for me to even doubt that my dad was my dad. And so I, uh, I never even thought about it ever. I honestly, um, it wasn't until later, um, when 
you know, the last six years of my birth certificate dad's life, I took care of him. And um, I had to drive all the way up to Seattle and, and I'd have to, you know, take him to the grocery store, or take him to the doctors or, you know, all those things where he couldn't drive. And so then I had to do it. And, and, you know, I do the cleaning, everything. And one day I, I just, he was a grumpy old guy. And, and I didn't, I wasn't really raised by him. I, we would see him on weekends and everything like that. But I, you know, I didn't really know him, know him, you know, like a, a real kid with a, you know, that lives in the same household with a dad. And so and I looked at him and I just thought, I'm not even anything like him. And I mean, my personality is so different. And, and so then I, I said to him one day, I go, Hey, dad, I go, you ever think that maybe I might not be your kid? And I just, it just came out just like that. And he goes, Oh, he goes, don't ever say that. That's not true. And that's, that was the end of it. But I, I swear, (laughs) I honestly thought, man, if I could get him to sleep and I could put that swab in his mouth and, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe I'd find out for sure. Cause I just thought, this is so weird. How can I be from this guy? And, um, I always justified it because he liked to fix things and I like to fix things. And so I was thinking, maybe I got that from him. And, you know, so all these different things that we kind of tell ourselves throughout the years and, um, so then um, he, he, you know, both my parents died and it was still just really eating on me about, you know, was he really my dad? I was even thinking about taking his false teeth or something. I don't know. I was researching. I was trying to figure out how could I get his DNA out of his toothbrush or something like that. I just didn't know. Both of my older sisters, they had died um, at a really early age. And, um, one died of a brain aneurysm and the other one died of emphysema and, um, yeah. And, um, throughout my whole entire life, my whole family, uh, I was always the one, the odd man out. I was always the different one. And I remember my oldest sister saying, I was trying to tell her, about something. And, and she looked over at me and she goes, well, it's different for you, Terry. And I thought, why, why is it different for me? I'm just like you guys, you know? And, um, and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, everything, uh, in my life of my family dynamics is like, I was the only one, you know, I was the only one that didn't do this. Or I was the only one that didn't do that. What happened was, my brother was in the hospital and I hadn't seen him for a really long time. And I went to visit him and, you know, he was only two years older than me. And when I went to go see him, I looked at him and I thought, Oh my gosh, he looks so much like my daddy. I thought he was like so much older than me. And I went back and I told my daughter, I said, something just isn't right. I said, both my sisters died early. Well, and then I have a half brother that was born after me. And so he died early too. And then I went to go see my brother that was in the hospital with his health issues. And, and I'm healthy. And I was thinking, this doesn't seem right. So I said to my daughter, I said, what, what happens if I do have a different dad? And so anyway, one, um, it was in 2016 when they had the Black Friday sale, my daughter messaged me and just said, Mom, she says, I just bought a DNA test off of, you know, for the Black Friday sale. It's only, I don't even know, maybe $59 or something. I go, I'm going to do it too. And um, so I did. And I have, in all the times that I've ever heard about DNA, they'd say, oh, yeah, you have to wait six to eight weeks. 
Well, I got mine back in two weeks and I was shocked. I was totally shocked. And I was thinking, maybe they do that to people who get a hit or something. I don't know. But (laughs) so any, yeah. So anyway, I opened up my, um, my results and I saw that I had a first cousin. And so then what you do when something like that happens, you just try to rationalize everything. And I just started thinking, I thought, what happens if my grandfather who came to the United States actually left a family or some, you know, white woman pregnant over in, you know, Switzerland. And that's why he came here, you know? So, I mean, different scenarios like that was going through my head. And so when I would contact people, I was asking asking them, do you, are you related to anybody over from that you know that's from Switzerland? You know, so that's what my first response was. And um so then I you know, I just was really puzzled about the whole thing and at first I was kind of thinking it would have been, you know, I kind of like the idea if it, it, I did have a different dad. Um, only because, um, my dad was very difficult person to be around sometimes. And so, um, anyway, I contacted the person who was my first cousin and that was my first, I went back just the other day and I was reading my messages to her. And that was my first question is, are you related to anybody from Switzerland? And, um, but anyway, so I wrote her a couple of messages while I was little by little piecing things together and trying to find out what centimorgans mean, (laughs) what, you know, what everything is. And back then, a lot of the information wasn't available. Hmm. And a friend of mine had told me about a book called, um, a stranger in my uh, genes, and I'm, I apologize, I don't remember the name of the author. But in that, at the back of the book, he talks about a, a group, an online group called um, DNA Adoption. And I thought, wow, maybe that would help me to find out. I read the book, I found out about the DNA adoption and through the DNA adoption, I learned that the best thing for me to do was to test somebody from one, each side of the family. I sent a DNA test to a cousin on my dad's side, my birth certificate dad's side. And I sent, um, a test to my other cousin on my mom's side. Well, the the sad thing about, and I told you earlier about my family dynamics of my mother and her family and everything like that. Um, my mom had told me when I was an adult, she told me that her mother had told her that her dad wasn't her dad. And Turns out when I went to go take my DNA test and with my cousin on uh, my um, my mom's side, it turns out that my mom really was my grandfather's child. Because if if my mom wasn't, if my mom had a different dad, then I wouldn't connect with my cousin as a full cousin. Okay, I get it. I would have. Yeah, I would have connected with him as a half cousin. So right then and there, that was a a sad thing of knowing that my mom died thinking that she, she had a different dad. So anyway, um, I contacted my other cousin and I told him that I was thinking that maybe my, you know, I had a different dad. And so when he got his results back, he said, well, Terry, he goes, looks like we're not cousins. And I just like, it was like a ton of bricks. It just like, you know, 
it was the most devastating thing that I ever went through in my whole entire life. I always tell people the first year and a half that I, I it was like the darkest time of my life because I just felt like who who am I? You know, until you know, I'm just like until I find out who my dad is, I'm not going to know who I am. And so I went on a quest and I, you know, I'm just, when I got into DNA, I was not interested one bit about researching family. I mean, it was just nothing that really interests me. I just, I'm involved with so many different things. I, you know, I just didn't need one more thing to, to, uh, add on to, what I was already doing, but it was just like right then and there, I just knew that, you know, the only way that I was going to do it, I had to do it myself and try to figure it out. And that's the type of person I am anyway. Um, you know, if I don't understand something, I'm going to search, you know, long and hard to try to figure things out. I just jumped in with both feet got involved with the people at DNA adoption, you know, you'd get these emails. I mean, you get, you know, because back then that was the only way that, you know, people could reach out. And so you'd get these tons of, of emails every day of people searching, trying to find out how to, you know, to find their parents and these wonderful ladies and men that were in that group that were just so dedicated to helping people was just amazing all the things that they did. I always try to, you know, recommend those uh, people because it's almost like they take you by the hand and they, you know, they tell you this is what you need to do and this, you know, and it just kind of helps. And um, let me stop you there for a second. Sure. You're talking about these wonderful strangers you found online that helped you helped hold your hand, walk you through this process. And I've seen this with MPs. I've seen complete strangers on different forums talking with them and providing them with information. But I'm sure people are going to wonder what forum or what... I said DNA adoption. Is that like a Facebook group? It's or- actually a, a Yahoo group. Oh, I should have said that. Oh, that's fine. Just thank you for mentioning that. I'm sure people would want to hear that. Yeah. Um, but that's... That was the only thing that I knew back then. There was nothing on Facebook, um, you know. And so, you know, I would, I would subscribe to everything that you know, like um, uh, blogs, different things, just so that I could learn about DNA itself. And um, it it really helped me. But what really helped was we live in the day and age of people who are um, computer savvy and they're able to create software that creates tools to help the DNA people now. It just makes it so much easier. You plug in, you know, a how many centimorgans, and then you can find out what relation somebody could possibly be, um, like in DNA Painter or DNA Jedcom, different things like that. That I, I'm just a part of er- everything. I subscribe to every little thing that I could possibly subscribe to. Um, and so anyway, then I just searched for a year and a half straight, contacting people. Um, and the greatest thing that happened to me, um, and that was learning that when you first start out and you find something that's puzzling with one DNA company, is that you're supposed to test with all the other companies too, in order to, they, they say, you know, to find more fish in the pond, basically. And um, luckily, I, I've 
tested first with Ancestry. And then my second test, I tested with um, 23andMe. And on 23andMe, I found a second cousin. And I reached out to him. And luckily, within minutes, he responded to me and also was warm and welcoming, very kind to me. And he um, immediately sent me over 100 pages of family research of his, you know, family tree. And, you know, from his mom's side and his dad's side, going back to the 1500s. I mean, it was just amazing all the in-depth research that had went on with him that he, you know, in that document, in those documents. And um, so what I learned to do is had to um, build a mirror tree based on his information and then link my DNA to his tree to find out who the people were that I was related to on in his family. Cause I, at the time I did not know if I was related to his mom's side or his dad's side. And, um, I even took a trip, um, down to California and that's where he lives. And I met him and, um, while I was down there, he called his parents and, and let me talk to his parents. Well, his mom was thinking, well, it couldn't possibly be somebody on her side of the family. So she hands the phone over to her husband and, and, um, he was really funny. Um, and, uh, and he was describing some of the people in his family and I go, Oh no, that kind of, does, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> you know, that these people that were not, um, you know, reputable people and, but it was funny anyway. But anyway, so it turns out when I did do my research, it turns out I was related to that second cousin's mother's side of the family, not her, not his dad. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so it's pretty funny on that. My first cousin, I had nothing but her name. I was figuring out the information. I was narrowing it down to two um uh, men in one family, the way that, uh, you know, the DNA, uh, works. And so I got it down to, uh, this one family and I thought, well, she belongs to one of those, uh, two brothers. And so, but I just didn't know which one. So I, until I knew that, and I, you know, I'm one of these people that unless I have the documentation in front of me, I'm not going to think that I'm related to one person and say, oh, you know, guess what? Your dad is my dad or something like that, you know, or, but anyway, so um, all of a sudden one day I was doing a research online and I decided I'm just going to try her name one more time. And when I, when I, um, searched her name, a document came up of an old newspaper article that was written when this uh, person, she's older than me, she's like my oldest sister's age, when she got married. And uh, it listed in that document her name, her husband's name, and, you know, her maiden name, her husband's name, and then um, her father's name. So then I knew that, that I had gotten the right, you know, the right who she was related to. And so through that, then I was able to know that I was related to this other, you know, my, my real, my birth father, but I didn't have, you know, everything all in place. I didn't have proof. And, um, that he was my dad or whatever. And um, so it took me a little bit longer to do more research 
And then when I went online again and Googled his name, he had died. And it turns out he died like two days before my birthday that day, that year. And I was just, you know, devastated because I knew that I would never be able to um, meet him. But the good part was that there was an obituary. And in that obituary was the list of the kids' names. I knew that through the information on the obituary, that three of the names that were listed were children with a different last name, but they were my birth father's wife's first um, marriage. You know, she had three kids from her first marriage. And then, uh, then there was two names there was a boy and there was a girl. And at the time I thought, oh, you know, I will contact the the son first because I was thinking, you know, maybe the the daughter wouldn't be very responsive or I mean, just I, you know, those little things that play in your head that you're trying to figure out what's who's the first, you know, who should I contact? Well, luckily, I didn't contact um, the brother um, or else I would have gotten discouraged because when I did contact him after I had contacted my sister, you know, he basically has ignored me. So uh, which is okay. You know, this is something that is not easy for anybody to have to uh, deal with, let alone what we've went through, you know, as far as... um, being the, you know, the NPE ourselves. Um, but anyway, so I reached out to my, I found my sister online on Facebook. And at that time, I wasn't sure how to approach the whole thing. And I just, all I did was I said, Hey, I go, it turns out you and I are related to, you know, this cousin, you know, her cousin. We are both related to this cousin. I took a DNA test and I didn't say anything in that one. I was waiting for her to, you know, respond to me, but she didn't. And then um, I waited and that was in April. And then um, June came along and I work at a school at a school. And so then I had already made up my mind that. As soon as school got out and I, and I, you know, I take the summers off. And so then I have more time to really, you know, get everything ready. Um, after school got out, what I decided to do is I, I took photos of myself. I, from the time I was young, all the way to an adult, put it in a collage. So it's just one picture that you can see a bunch of pictures in it. And um, I wrote everything out, just, you know, very factual. This is what it is. This is what I found. Turns out, you know, we're related. And I suspect that, you know, I'm your sister or something. I can't remember exactly what I said. And immediately... I get this message and she writes me back and she says, Terry, she goes, I'm not trying to ignore you. She says, I'm on a a mini vacation with my daughters. She said, would you mind if I call you on Monday? And this was on Thursday. And I'll tell you, that was the longest weekend of my life waiting for that phone call. And, um, I, um, I would have friends that would say, oh, now that you're off work, oh, do you want to go out to lunch? Do you want to go do this? And I go, no, I'm getting a phone call. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything until I get that phone call. I mean, I was just, you know, I was so anxious. And um, when I did get that phone call, it was seriously, actually, I chose to talk to you today because today is actually... Um, the two year anniversary of the day that I actually 
um, got to talk to my sister on the phone. So two years ago today, that's when it happened. And um, yeah, so, but from the information that I've heard from um, other people online, you know, a lot of times those phone calls are, are not positive. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, I, I'm just so grateful is that the first thing that uh, my sister said to me was, Terry, she goes, I'm not a naive person. She said, um, um, my dad was 29 years old when he married my mother. My mother already had three boys and uh, my dad uh, wasn't married before 29. She, he, she just says anything could have happened, you know, during that time. And I just like instantly, it was almost like I felt so relieved that, you know, she was accepting of me. And she and I actually, we talked on the phone for three hours, um, just talking about everything. And it felt like even before we even had confirmation through a DNA test, it just felt so natural that, you know, we were just talking away. And, and one of the things that was so kind of her to say, she says, I just want you to know that if my dad was still alive, that he would have welcomed you into the family. And I just, oh my God, that was just, it was so sweet that she yeah. said that to me. Yes. And not very many people are that fortunate. And um, I have, uh, you know, right after that, that was in June. And then uh, Thanksgiving weekend in November, um, I flew down to Nashville and met up with my sister and her two daughters. They actually live in Mississippi. But because I'm the stranger, I did not feel like I wanted to, you know, just fly down there and say, oh, here I am, you lucky people. You know, I wanted to pick a neutral spot, a place that I love to go to, of course, is Nashville. And and it's a fun you know, city to go to. And I thought it would make it fun for them and, and me too. And um, it was just such a wonderful weekend. And what, what was really amazing about just initially meeting my sister, as it turns out before, I mean, we were texting all the time, we were calling each other. And so we started feeling really comfortable with each other, like we had already known each other. And the funny thing was, is that, um, you know, I was at the airport, they were getting ready to pick me up. And my sister, she says, I am so upset. We went to pick, we went to the hotel to check in before coming to get you. And she said, the hotel made a mistake because what we had arranged was we wanted two, uh, we wanted two rooms with two double beds each with a, a door in between. So that way we could, we could go back and forth, you know, between rooms. Yeah. And as it turned out, when they got to the hotel, it, they said, Oh, we don't have that. So that what they did is that they had two rooms, one down the hall from the other, and each room only had a king-size bed. So here I am, you know, my sister's just freaking out because she's worried, you know, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to have to sleep together in a king-size bed. What's Terry, <laughs> what's Terry going to think about this, you know? It was seriously the most comfortable thing ever. I mean, who could say, I mean, I, my story is, is so different than everybody else's, I'm sure. Um, But they pulled up, 
they, you know, my sister jumped out to help me with my bags. I, we hugged each other and we jumped in the car and we took off. And then it was like, it was like, I knew them forever. It was like my friends were coming to pick me up at the airport. Uh, you know, it was just so natural. And from that point on, there was not one, I can't even think of one uncomfortable situation at all through the whole time. And even since then, you know, being around them, I mean, you know, they're coming to visit me next month for the first time. And, um, Hopefully everything goes well. I just was worried about this coronavirus, whether it was going to delay their um, coming. But so far, we're still um, hoping that it will happen for sure. Mm. But, you know, it just it's like we've known each other for years. I mean, all our, our whole life. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just when you know you're related to somebody, it's just it's almost internal. That's amazing. It's because you guys are biologically related. It's like immediately you have this level of comfort. That's, I love that story. I love it. Yeah. I told you that my, I had lost my siblings. And yes, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. But I honestly feel like that it helped me understand this whole NPE um, situation a lot better than a lot of people only be only because I always say the hardest thing that you could possibly go through. I don't know. Do you have any siblings at all? I do. Yes. And older, younger. I have an older sibling from my original family. Okay. But what happens is, is that, um, in your in your mind, you just think that your parents are going to go before your siblings. Yep. Yep. That's just automatic, you know. You from the time you're a little kid, you're just um, anxious, worried that if something ever happened to your parents, and then all of a sudden, when you lose your sibling out of like no, like when my oldest sister died, it was so such a sudden shock to the whole entire family. And so having that as a, you know, a memory, when I, when I found out that my dad wasn't my real dad, it was almost like that same feeling because um, it just, you know, your whole world changes in a, in a second. I mean, split second. And, um, so that was something that I could re, you know, relate to and everything like that. But I, I think about all the other NPEs out there who don't have that reference point like I did. Mm-hmm. And to understand, you know, that, you know, yes, this is devastating, but we're going to get through this kind of, you know, thing. And um, we're going to be better people from it. Um, but when, one thing that I came to realize is just when the reason why I feel really uh, good about my whole experience, um, you know, my mother was a wonderful person. And if, if right now, if this had happened and my mom was, you know, alive, I know that my mother would be, you know, like thrilled for me and she would be thrilled to meet my sister. And she would, you know, that she just has, she does just that loving and kind person. And uh, I knew that a lot of the reason I I started thinking that maybe the reason why my mom, if she did suspect that I was somebody else's is that um, maybe the reason why she didn't tell me uh, was from the devastation she must've felt when her mother told her that her dad wasn't her dad. So I, you know, I can't, 
I cannot fault my mother into thinking, you know, here I am, her daughter, and then feeling like she has to protect me. Um, have you ever um, listened to the podcast called Family Secrets with oh, Danny Shapiro? I really I need really to. Family Secrets are damaging, and that needs to go in my queue immediately. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, there, there's so many things out there nowadays that we didn't have before. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about as far as being an MPE, and when you find out that you have a different dad, one of the emotions that happens inside of you is shame. You feel ashamed of, you know, what's people going to think of, you know, if I, you know, turns out that I have to tell people that my dad isn't my dad, you know, how are they going to respond? You know, what are they going to think of me? Um, you know, different th things that go on. And um, when I was thinking about this, um, talking to you, I went online and I, I looked up the definition of, of shame. And the definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And, you know, we instantly think that, um, you know, this is, you know, we take on the shame ourselves. you know, it happened, it was uh, something that happened to us. It wasn't something we did, but we take on that shame, you know, because we, you know, we don't know what else to do. I mean, it just is one of those natural feelings that, that takes place. And um, I was just thinking about how none of us have control over how we were conceived or how, you know, um, how we came into this world. But the greatest thing about being an NPE and finding out is now we basically can um, write our own ending to this book. You know what I mean? It's like we have the power in our um, lives to be able to do something uh, that can turn, you know, things around. Look, like you, for an example, you took what you, you know, what happened to you and you turned it into a podcast. Danny Shapiro did the same. Um, Catherine uh, St. Clair, she did a Facebook thing, uh, you know, group that, you know, has over 7,000 people. Um, when I first started with that group, it only had 700 people. So oh. it was quite, quite small. <laughs> oh, wow. What a change. Yeah. yeah but see, but the thing is, is I had already been searching and, you know, researching for over a year before that, you know, uh, Facebook group was even, um, you know, brought about. And so, you know, things have changed, but what I, I just really honestly feel, um, there's going to be some good that comes from all this because just what's happening in our world right now is, is, things are being brought out into the forefront, uh, you know, to let people know that, you know, certain things aren't right or, or whatever. And I, I just feel like the, the narrative of what it means to be an MPE, it will eventually change. Like right now we are all like the pioneers, you know, we're the ones that are um, laying the groundwork to make it easier for people down the road that this might happen to, um, you know, that shame and guilt and, uh, you know, I got to hold this in. I can't tell anybody. Um, what are people going to think about me? Like I said earlier, and, um, all that's not going to be there for the next generation. I'm hoping if we, you know, if we do it right, we, if we, figure this out because when I first started, even the counselors, this was all new to them. 
they had no way, you know, people were online saying, hey, I went to my counselor. She didn't know a thing about this, didn't know how to help me. Um, and so hopefully this is going to change, you know, the counseling system is going to change, you know, just how uh, everything happens. And even the fact is, is um, I just think more and more people are going to continue to be finding this out, you know, that, and it's to the point now, you know, like I, I joined a um, historical society and I went there and there was these people that had been doing their family trees for years. I mean, they had these family trees and I just looked at them and I, I, I'm to the point because I'm, you know, I doubt people. I just looked at them and I thought, you know what? You did all that work. I didn't say it, but, you know, you did all that work. But I, I guarantee you that, you know, that tree is wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah. because I feel and that, that, how many times how, have we heard people say, I worked all these years on this tree. I took a DNA test and I found out that that person mm -hmm. is, you know, half of my whole tree is gone. Yeah, that's got to happen all the time. I always said, told my mom, I wish I would have, I just wish that we could have a big family so we could have a big family reunion, things like that. But, you know, and then all of a sudden I get, you know, my DNA results and I'm related to, I, I swear, I feel like I'm related to everybody um, because the uh, family that I'm related to um, you know, is part of, you know, what helped to, you know, build America, you know what I mean? And before that, everybody that I thought I was related to was all from another country. Mm -hmm. And um, I just am thrilled to death to be able to I research all these people and finding out, you know, um, I haven't found the direct link yet. But these people, um, that I'm related to go all the way back to the, you know, the um, Mayflower. Terry, I should ask you, if people would like to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Um, if they want to get a hold of me, I, they can have my email. It's um, T-E-R-I-B as in boy, D as in David at msn.com. So it's terrybd at msn.com. Thank you, Terry, so much for sharing where you are at today and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE that would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come, heal with us.